Welcome to conference coverage highlights presented by ReachMD on XM160 and powered by Health Day. Conference coverage highlights features the latest clinical information and research findings from the American Heart Association's 63rd High Blood Pressure Research Conference. The meeting took place September 23rd through the 26th, 2009 in Chicago. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Kina. And I'm Sue Berg. The American Heart Association's 63rd High Blood Pressure Research Conference attracted more than 700 professional attendees, including physicians and research scientists from around the world. The meeting was preceded by a one-day workshop and included oral and poster presentations. The research addressed recent developments in the association between hypertension and stroke, cardiac disease, kidney function, and renal diseases, obesity, and genetics. Program Chair Dr. Rian Toys of the Ottawa Health Research Institute at the University of Ottawa described this as a fundamental research-based meeting. She highlighted multiple studies presented at this year's meeting showing the association between hypertension and obesity, diabetes, and other factors such as fructose consumption, vitamin D deficiency, and C-reactive protein. Dr. Toys said that though we have very effective treatments for high blood pressure, Hypertension, nevertheless, continues to be a major public health problem, and in fact, the prevalence is increasing worldwide. Dr. Toy says this paradox is probably related to the fact that hypertension is associated with other cardiovascular risk factors, such as obesity and diabetes. Several studies at the meeting addressed racial and ethnic disparities in reaching blood pressure goals and disparities in lifestyle advice offered to hypertensive smokers. In one study, researchers at the University of Southern California assessed blood pressure control in 517 patients who reported having stroke or coronary artery disease to the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. About 12% of the study's participants were Hispanic and 25% were black. Researchers found that optimal blood pressure was achieved in 63% of Caucasian stroke and coronary artery disease patients, but only in 58% of Hispanics and 40% of African Americans with these diseases. They also found that medication use was especially low among Hispanics, 52% of stroke survivors, and 59% of coronary artery disease patients from this population were medication compliant. The disparities are thought to be the result of lifestyle, economic factors, genetics, and variations in the quality of health care received. Black patients were prescribed blood pressure medication about as often as white patients. Blood pressure was not as well controlled, however, in black patients as in white patients. In a second study, researchers from the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine in Coral Gables, Florida, looked at the association between smoking status, hypertension control, and advice dispensed by healthcare providers. The researchers assessed data on hypertension control and smoking status from two Florida studies, the 2007 Florida Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System and the Florida Tobacco Callback Survey. Researchers developed regression models to test the association between smoking status and physicians' advice on smoking cessation and hypertension control. They found that compared to non-hypertensive smokers, hypertensive smokers were significantly less likely to be advised by physicians to limit salt intake, increase exercise, and change their dietary habits. Smoking status did not have an effect on physicians advising patients regarding diet and alcohol. But patients who were counseled to quit smoking were less likely to receive advice on reducing their salt intake, increasing exercise, or changing their diet. New research was presented at the conference on treatment for erectile dysfunction. Investigators in Brazil and at the Medical College of Georgia conducted research that suggested that venom from one of the world's most poisonous spiders, known as the Brazilian wandering spider, 
may prove to be an effective treatment for erectile dysfunction. In the wild, the venom of the Brazilian wandering spider can trigger pain, elevated blood pressure, and priapism. But when researchers injected a purified form of the venom into rats and mice, they found that it increased levels of nitric oxide, which resulted in penile relaxation and erections. Researchers say the findings suggest that the venom could someday be an important component in medications for erectile dysfunction. In another new study, Italian researchers looked at oxygen levels at high altitude in order to glean insights into the physiological and molecular basis of hypoxia-induced hypertension. Investigators studied 21 normotensive volunteers who climbed to the base camp of Mount Everest. They found that high altitude was associated with a significant increase in blood pressure. Elevations in blood pressure were found proportional to altitude reached, with a greater rise at night at the highest altitudes. Readings returned to baseline upon return to sea level. The researchers said their data may have implications not only for patients exposed to high-altitude hypoxia, but also for the millions of patients with chronic hypoxia related to conditions such as sleep apnea. In a statement, authors said that when subjects moved to higher altitudes and further increased hypoxia above levels experienced in sleep apnea, the rise in blood pressure could no longer be controlled by therapeutic blockade of the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. The authors say this suggests other mechanisms were involved and could explain the blood pressure changes observed. Even though this was an artificial setting, he said the data the researchers collected will provide important insights into the physiological and molecular basis of hypoxia-induced hypertension. A study was presented on the association between C-reactive protein and hypertension and metabolic syndrome. Researchers studied spontaneously hypertensive rats with or without transgenically expressed human C-reactive protein in the liver under control of the apolipoprotein E promoter. Researchers found that treated rats showed hyperinsulinemia despite similar serum glucose levels compared to control rats, as well as similar resistance in insulin-stimulated non-oxidative glucose metabolism in skeletal muscle, elevated triglycerides, reduced serum adiponectin, and microalbuminuria. Researchers also found evidence of increased oxidative tissue damage in treated rats. The authors conclude that spontaneously hypertensive rats with transgenically expressed human C-reactive protein may be valuable models for investigating the mechanisms that cause C-reactive protein to enhance risk of hypertension, diabetes, and target organ damage. These rats may also be valuable in testing the therapeutic effects of new CRP inhibitors being developed for prevention and treatment of common forms of cardiovascular and metabolic disease. Investigators at the University of Michigan presented research that suggests younger women with low vitamin D levels may have a tripled risk of developing high blood pressure later in life. Vitamin D deficiency was defined as less than 80 nanomoles per liter of blood. The researchers examined data from the population-based longitudinal Michigan Bone Health and Metabolism study. The study looked at 559 Caucasian women between the ages of 24 and 44. Over 80% were vitamin D deficient when the study began in 1993. 2% had high blood pressure and were being treated. 4% had high blood pressure but did not know it. Blood pressure was measured annually throughout the study, and participants' vitamin D levels were tested for the second time at the end of 15 years. After adjusting for factors like age, obesity, and smoking, women who had vitamin D deficiency when the study began were three times more likely to be diagnosed with high blood pressure than women who had normal vitamin D levels. Previous studies have looked at the association between blood pressure and vitamin D, but this study followed up on participants for the longest length of time. 
Though the findings from this and other studies suggest that low levels of vitamin D are associated with high blood pressure, it's not certain whether increased vitamin D intake can help prevent high blood pressure. Two studies looked at the association between fructose and hypertension. In one study, researchers investigated the hypothesis that adverse blood pressure and metabolic effects of high fructose intake may be mitigated by the uric acid-lowering effects of allopurinol. The researchers conducted a randomized controlled trial of 74 men aged 51 years on average. The men were given a diet of 200 grams of fructose a day for two weeks. Half the men received the medication allopurinol, classically indicated for treatment of gout by reducing uric acid levels in the body. The other subjects received a placebo. After two weeks, men on the high fructose diet who took the placebo had an average increase in systolic blood pressure of six points and diastolic blood pressure increased three points. The men who received allopurinol saw only a one-point increase in systolic pressure. The study results appear to support the hypothesis that fructose raises blood pressure by increasing levels of uric acid. The second study was performed with mice. Mice were given either unrestricted access to fructose-enriched water or access only during daytime or nighttime hours. Blood pressure was measured with implanted monitors. The mice that consumed fructose continuously or at night had elevated blood pressure. At night, when the mice were awake, their blood pressure spiked. In mice that consumed fructose during the day, blood pressure was high during the day. These findings were similar to the results of a study published online earlier this month by the journal Obesity. In that study, some mice were put on a high-fat diet during the day when they would normally sleep, and some mice were fed at night. These findings suggest that the timing of fructose intake is important in cardiovascular pathologies. Several awards and special lectures were presented at the meeting. Awards included the Irvine Page Alva Bradley Lifetime Achievement Award. The award is named for Dr. Irvine Page and Mr. Alva Bradley, who both played a large role in establishing the National Foundation for High Blood Pressure Research in 1945. Dr. Irvine Page is known as one of the first researchers to recognize high blood pressure as a disease that could be treated. The 2009 winner of the Irvine Page Alva Bradley Lifetime Achievement Award was Dr. Leopoldo Raige. Dr. Raij is professor of medicine at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine and director of hypertension in the Renal Hypertension Division, director of hypertension and nephrology research of the International Medicine Institute at the University of Miami, as well as medical director and co-principal investigator of the Miami Field Center for the NIH-sponsored Hispanic Community Health Study. The Hispanic Community Health Study is a longitudinal epidemiological multi-center study to examine health status, chronic disease risk factors, and health behaviors in 16,000 Hispanic participants, 4,000 of whom are in Miami. Among other achievements, Dr. Raij was recognized for his seminal observations in 1984 and 85 regarding hypertensive glomerular injury and renal protection. He established the role of ACE inhibitors for renal protection in a 1986 paper, and in the late 1980s, Dr. Raij initiated studies of endothelium-derived relaxing factor, later identified as nitric oxide. More recently, Dr. Raij and his team are credited with demonstrating and extending insights on the role of statins in vascular and renal protection from hypertension via mechanisms that are additive but independent of the hemodynamic stress of high blood pressure. The keynote address was delivered by Dr. Daniel Levy, director of the Framingham Heart Study, conducted by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Dr. Levy has served with the National High Blood Pressure Education Program to assist in establishing national hypertension guidelines. 
His keynote speech was entitled, Genes, Molecules, Systems Biology, and Epidemiology, Bringing It All Together Through Framingham. Other presentations included the Arthur C. Corcoran Memorial Lecture on Modification of Mineral Corticoid Receptor Function in Salt-Sensitive Hypertension and Metabolic Syndrome, delivered by Dr. Toshiro Fujita from the University of Tokyo School of Medicine, and the winner of the Harry Goldblatt Award, a presentation entitled Inflammatory and Adhesion-Related Genes Are Upregulated in Mononuclear Cells of Patients with Coronary Artery Disease. Thank you for listening to conference coverage highlights from the American Heart Association's 63rd High Blood Pressure Research Conference. The meeting was held September 23rd through the 26th, 2009, in Chicago. Conference coverage highlights is a presentation of ReachMD Radio, broadcast on XM160 and by live stream at ReachMD.com, and powered by Health Day.